Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. It's an exciting day and an exciting episode because this is going to be our first review of a 2023 film. You know, launching into this new movie season uh, with a little more time, most of all, um, and a lot more enthusiasm in terms of trying to see more movies, talk about movies more, um, and really just kind of get back into why I started doing all this in the first place and why I enjoyed it so much. And I think it's pretty fitting that we're going to start off stellar with a movie like Air, directed by Ben Affleck. Air is the story of how Nike courted Michael Jordan out of college and turned a rookie into the poster of the NBA with a signature shoe, the Air Jordan. Um, it is always so enjoyable to watch when Ben Affleck directs. It's always enjoyable to watch when he acts as well, which he does in this film. He plays none other than Nike CEO Phil Knight. Um, but Ben Affleck as a director, just feels so assured of himself in his tone, in the story he's telling, in the energy of that story. And Air really surprised me, uh, just number one, by how funny and how emotional part of the story is. Um, I think they do a really fantastic job of not making this a movie about business, but about emotion and personality and family. Um, and base it on, I think, what actually really matters in life, in the in the grand scheme. Um, so immediately, Affleck's direction and the the way the story is told is felt on a totally different level, and one that makes sense to tell in a theatrical experience. Um, but I also think that you know this is just a fantastic story for so many reasons because the Air Jordan shoe outperformed, outsold everything, and pretty much has since it came out. Um, Nike, you know, we're on Air Jordan 33s or 35s now. I can't quite remember because uh, for a good three or four years, I really got invested in collecting Jordans, uh, you know, wearing tons of different unique pairs, trading with people, you know, looking at other people's incredible collections. There's some really amazing uh, boutique shops around the Seattle area. You got Soulmates, uh, Lucky Dog, uh, the Mecca. I mean, there's, you know, this whole sneaker community that is built around these shoes, which just have a global presence um, because they're attached to, quite honestly, the greatest athlete we've ever witnessed, Michael Jordan. Um, so there was already definitely a, uh, a really cool draw to me for this story just because I really enjoy the shoes. Um, and on that note, you know, I have to thank Aaron White over at the Feelin' Film Podcast. Uh, he invited me to this screening for the Air movie. Um, he knows I'm a huge fan of shoes, a huge fan of Jordan, uh, so he, you know, personally, he was like, hey, you know, I, I know you're really interested. I know you have a whole interest in the shoes alone. And so what a cool story that would be to learn. Um, so just a huge, huge shout out and thank you to him just for the thought, number one. But also because this was my first film critic screening 
since 2017, like early, early 2017, maybe even late 2016. Um, and so to kind of get back in that environment again, <clears throat> to see and converse with some of the people who I hadn't seen in years, uh, whose work I still read and am inspired by, um, to see some of the, I just, you know, some of the, the regular, the regular characters back in action and just being there, talking film, talking shop. Um, it was just, it was the refresh that I needed, I feel like, to get back into doing this and doing it more consistently and not just watching the movies, but actually buckling in and talking about them. Um, and so it was just an awesome time. It was such a great movie to experience in the theater. Um, Amazon produced uh, Air, actually. And it will be streaming on Amazon Prime at some point in the near future. But I think they're going to be smart, and they're going to see that this film has legs, and they're going to let this run in the theaters as long as it can before they move it over to streaming. And I'd absolutely recommend that you go see this with uh, a nice packed theater. Um, it, gah, it played so well. So many jokes, so many great emotional beats. It was just a great feeling being back in an audience, being back in a full crowd. Um, so again, just thank you to Aaron again. You know, he does incredible, incredible podcast work and writing. He talks everything from movies to games to sports. Um, so it was awesome just getting to to know him more and, you know, be back in that environment that I love. Um, and this is a movie that I loved. It was just so much fun. Um, and it was just handled so well. Uh, Matt Damon plays Sonny Vaccaro, who's Nike's, you know, they joke, they're like, what do you, what actually do you do here? Well, what Sonny does is he watches a lot of game footage. He watches a lot of tape, <clears throat> high school, college, he travels all around the country looking at prospects and part of his job for Nike is finding an athlete to sign who is really going to jumpstart their, uh, their presence in the world of the NBA and basketball. Nike by no means is a small company in this movie. You know, this isn't totally like an underdog, like, you know, God, Nike was hurting. They really needed, obviously they definitely needed Jordan, but you know, they were number one in running shoes in the world and completely changed what running shoes and tennis shoes were. Um, but finding a foothold in the world of basketball was growing as the NBA just continued to grow. And so what Sonny would do, you know, he'd host tournaments that would then turn into a, you know, countrywide string of events, you know, where you've got high schoolers playing, you've got college uh, coaches looking for prospects, um, and the talent pool, starting early, looking at players who can develop, and seeing potential in that. Um, more than anything, Sonny is a believer. You know, he just, there's something he sees, like I'm sure so many people saw, in Michael Jordan's confidence as a player, as a teammate, as a rookie. Um, Nike wanted to, you know... They didn't have a lot of money to spend or were not giving him a lot of money to spend on courting athletes. You know, they were looking at Barkley. They were looking at Stockton. They were looking at some other guys lower in the draft as well. You know, Jordan, I think, was third in the draft. And 
the top two picks had already been signed to Adidas or Converse, who were the two reigning shoe designers at the time as far as the basketball lines went. Um, you know, when the likes of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are wearing your shoes, how do you not want to follow that? Or how do you not want to follow Adidas and the three stripes and all those funky pants suits and track suits and all the colors? You know, I, they do a great job kind of highlighting, though, what that culture and what that expression kind of means to a college kid or to young people or to all people, truly. Um, and the way this story goes is, you know, rather than, you know, Michael Jordan, he didn't want a meeting with Nike. He was like, no, it's going to be Converse. And if it's not Converse, it's going to be Adidas because they got the tracksuits. I'm not even taking a meeting with Nike. You know, respectfully, no, we're not interested. There's nothing that you could do to convince me otherwise. Chris Messina plays David Falk, Michael Jordan's agent. And he and Matt Damon go back and forth hysterically. I mean, some of it is super foul and it earns that R rating. But yeah, it's only just little moments here and there. But that sports talk, agent talk, all the BS... You know, I, it just, it cracked me up. It felt so real and genuine, though, too. Uh, but he just, he wasn't interested in Nike, you know? And, uh, you know, he, uh, well, what this movie really did for me, too, which was a huge draw, Chris Tucker, who's not a retired actor or comedian, but just doesn't do a lot of projects. Chris Tucker was in this movie. He is absolutely one of my favorite people ever as a storyteller, as an actor, comedian, you name it. The dude is just a magnetic personality who just brings such a great energy to anything he does. Uh, so he plays Howard White, who's also a part of the Nike shoe team there um, and the, <clears throat> the basketball team. And, you know, his advice when it came to signing was, hey, you know, forget all the extra BS. I went, I went to the mother, especially when it's a black mother. He says, you know, the, the family, but the mama. She is the most important. Um, and the really cool thing I read about this film when Ben Affleck approached Michael Jordan was he was talking to him. He asked him, you know, who do you think, who would you like if there's an actress? Who would you like to play your mother? And Michael Jordan only had one answer. He said, Viola Davis would play my mother, Dolores. Um, and it was cool because Ben and Viola, they've done a couple movies together. But, you know, he was kind of nervous. He's like, all right, if I don't get Viola, this movie isn't getting made. Like, I told Michael it could be her. So I got to get it done. And, you know, fortunately, she really enjoyed what the script was and kind of what the story was and how it was told. And, you know, rather than going after Michael with this shiny car, with these promises, you're going to be the greats. Sonny took a chance and he did something a little risque. He went to the family. Kind of going around the agent. Not illegal, but definitely frowned upon. And, you know, he goes out to North Carolina because he believes in Michael so much. Not only does he want to make Michael Jordan a star, give him his own line, all these different things. You know, he wants the best deal for Michael and people who care about him and care to collaborate with him and make him their focus because just like his mom, Sonny believes this kid's going to be something special, something we haven't seen before, and he's worth it. Um, and so much of this film is just about taking a chance and really believing in something 
but doing it for the right reasons though you know greed aside the you know one of the coolest things about this story and the deal um because obviously you know going into this michael jordan makes air jordans he gets the deal done but what was unprecedented at the time was working with an athlete or a superstar and giving them royalties giving them a percentage of each shoe sold you know that kind of thing was unheard of and still today you know whether it's the lebron you know shut up and dribble because you know you can't be talking politics you play basketball that's all you can do you know he's the biggest draw for the nba anything he does anything he touches people are gravitated towards you know it was not quite like Michael Jordan, I would say. Cause, you know, you were Team Michael over here, just in the long run. All respect to LeBron James; he's an incredible player. Uh, but you know, nobody, nobody was going to give an athlete percentages like that. You know, that just seemed ludicrous to businessmen at the time. It seemed antithetical to them. They're like, no, you already get your chunk, and then we're going to make our money because we're promoting you. That's, you know, we are giving you the attention. And with Michael Jordan, the reality is that so few saw, perhaps, other than Sonny, was no. In the end, he's going to promote you. You will thrive off of him. Um, And that approach to both Michael's family, to Michael, to his mother... To Phil Knight, just understanding that, hey, he is someone who is worth the money. He is worth the investment. He is worth the time to collaborate and create something unique. You know, in a time where the league wouldn't let you have more than 50% of your shoe that's white. It has to be 50% white. And there's all these rules and regulations. You know, a company that's willing to incur fines on his behalf to let him flourish and to create a shoe that feels like him, like what he's going to inspire. Um, I just, this story was told so, so well. Um, Jason Bateman plays Rob Strasser, who kind of works as a, I think a marketing executive, kind of alongside Sonny in that basketball division at Nike. And usually we're so used to Jason Bateman's deadpan and dry humor which is still present um but i was so pleasantly surprised by the emotional vulnerability that we kind of saw from his character in this movie you know we don't really outside of ozarks or tv shows like i don't know in film i feel like you know he's kind of pigeonholed sometimes and often ends up playing a very similar character um across multiple different projects um but this is one where he he had more than a few moments where he kind of opens up about where his character is in his life. You know, it's great to take a risk, and we should. But, you know, sometimes you have to understand that a lot of people are going to be affected by this win or lose, you know. And, and obviously they know that going in. You take the risk, you know it going in. But, uh, you know, you have to think of more than just yourself. You have to think of the other people around you. You've got to remember who you've got with you, um, whether it's your real family, your adopted family, your friends who are family. You know, um, there is just a really great emphasis in this film, I think, on 
remembering those people, caring for those people, um, keeping those connections, uh, and listening to the advice, the good and the bad, from those people as well. Um, I, you know, it's great seeing Matt and Ben acting together again. You know, you can tell that these guys are brothers and best friends, and it's really fun for them, I'm sure, to call each other assholes and to give each other shit in this movie like their characters do. Um, it just feels so natural. It's just so enjoyable to watch. You know, you throw Chris Tucker in the mix there. It's just, This movie was so much funnier than I was anticipating it to be. And it really does just work on so many levels. Um, much like the writer... Alex Convery and how he was kind of inspired by the uh, the Last Dance documentary about Michael Jordan. Um, you know, watching this, it made me just want to go back and watch that documentary again and just watch how incredible and how dominant Michael Jordan really was. Um, it was cool. The writer, he got his script picked up off the blacklist, which is kind of a place where screenwriters... Different people can go and submit scripts to be read by producers, to be edited, to be kind of critiqued in different ways. So it's cool that that got picked up. Um, and, you know, to this day, you look at Nike and what they're doing with a lot of their celebrity endorsements of their celebrity brands. The biggest person since Jordan for them, undoubtedly, is Travis Scott. Um, Travis Scott overhauled the Jordan line. Um, any, well, before that, I'm like, you know, he was just growing so popular, um, his music just growing so popular at the time. It's kind of astounding to me in a way. Um, any shoe that this man wore, whether it was a Jordan, whether it was a Dunk, didn't matter if it was 10 years old, 15 years old, everything this man wore, every shoe this man wore immediately shot up in value on all the resale sites. Everyone was trying to find it. Everyone was trying to buy it. And every time Travis Scott dropped a shoe, 50,000 pairs, 100,000 pairs, doesn't matter. Every single time they sold out. I was lucky once. Once I got a pair. Early, early on, which was still improbable. Um, but this man revived Nike and their Jordans and their Dunks in so many ways, to the point where now Nike's just making every Dunk color of the week every week, and they're still selling out. That's the effect. You know, every, the Panda Dunk is the new wave now, apparently. Um, I see them everywhere. They're a good-looking shoe, but, uh, but Nike knows when they got a hit. And it was like, okay, you know, he revitalized an interest in sportswear and shoes that extend it. I'm like, people aren't playing basketball in these shoes. And it's funny because they mentioned that at one point in the movie. It's like, you know, obviously you got to play basketball in it, but we're looking for something like a Converse that can be worn off the court by the masses that people will actually wear, not just to hoop in. Um, and so, you know, you've got Jay Balvin, who's done a couple different Jordan collabs at this point. Uh, Lely May, you've got all sorts of entertainers to, to various degrees. Drake, tons of Jordans, because um, he's a Nike guy. You've got, uh, you know, Kanye West did some, well, he did some, his own brand. He made his own shoes at Nike. I can't, I can't put him in that category. 
but then even over at Adidas, following Kanye West making his own deal, they're like, well, the next best thing we could do is get celebrities to remake some of our old shoes or to remake, you know, kind of like what uh, they're doing over at Jordan. It's like, hey, yeah, Nike, they're like, hey, you know, we'll let you use this Jordan 2 silhouette. And, you know, you could put some different colors on there. You can do a different tab on the tongue, whatever, you know, just make it fresh, make it unique. Um, so all across the board, Beyonce with Ivy Park, um, you know, celebrities and shoes have never been more popular than they are right now. Um, and none of that would have happened if it weren't for Michael Jordan and the Air Jordan, you know, none of this <laughs> would have been possible. So if you're just a fan of the shoes, if you're a fan of the player, if you're a fan of finding out how this all got done, you got to go see air in theaters. Um, no doubt. It's just so enjoyable, so worthwhile. Uh, and it's Easter weekend, you know, what a, what a perfect time to go to the movies. You know, we're going to be together, go see a movie together. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. You guys, it's going to be a great 2023 already started off with a banger. So hopefully next episode, we come back with something great as well. Thanks again, guys.